Is there free will? Yeah, I think there's free will. Is God completely sovereign? Yeah. How can both be true at the right, same time? Right. It it just is, and I'm never going to completely understand it here on earth. It gives me so much comfort just knowing that God is God. And <laughs> yes. like, nope, I just have to have faith in God because his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. He's got me. You're listening to If That Makes Sense. It's Family Life's podcast about what life is really like following Jesus as a young adult. My name's Tim. I'm in Family Life's radio department. My name is Mike, and I work in Family Life's performing arts department. And my name is Hope, and I also work in Family Life's performing arts department. We have been spending a lot of time in the book of John. We're so glad that you're able to be part of the conversation today. We've been spending a lot of time specifically in chapter six of the book of John. I think the last time I was on, we were still in chapter six. Man, and it's been a little bit, too. <laughs> it's been a little bit. Yeah. We hope that the conversation builds like episode to episode, but at the same time, we really think that even if you haven't heard any of the episodes up to this point, hopefully they all kind of stand on their own. Because we're just trying to take a fresh look at what we see Jesus is saying. And so in this part of chapter 6, the only context that I'm really going to just brush up on a little bit here as we start is, maybe it's not surprising, but Jesus is in another kind of confrontational situation. As Jesus does. Uh, As he does. (laughs) The religious crowd, he's got the Jews who don't like what he's saying They just heard him call himself the bread of life. They're thinking, what's that about? He just said that if you believe in him, you'll have eternal life. They didn't seem to like that. And so that's kind of who he's going to be addressing. But it's also important to say that his followers or some who are so called to be followers are part of this crowd too. And that's going to come to play in an interesting way in this kind of long section. So we hope you're ready to hear some scripture today. It's John chapter 6. Verses 42? 43. Nope. John <laughs> chapter 6, verse, verse 43 through 71. That's the end of the chapter. And would you like to start us off, Hope? All right. Stop grumbling amongst yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, 
He also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus, yeah, okay, sorry. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives flesh, or sorry, it is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe, and who was the one that would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. He was speaking of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, for he, though one of the twelve, was going to betray him. Hmm. Okay, chapter six is in the books. But a lot happens in the whole chapter, and a lot happened in what we just read. The responses to Jesus are all over the place. Like, they're all over the board. And I think what strikes me first is this thought that Jesus won't let you be neutral about Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) That's not an option. He shows up. None of these people can be like, interesting. Cool. All right. Bye-bye. They're either scandalized and offended, or they are just utterly confused, or we've seen other reactions that are really beautiful and and encouraging to our own faith. But the responses to Jesus, like he's going to push the buttons one way or another. I thought that was really interesting. And we see that even to this day. You can't just interact with Jesus and say, nice doesn't let us leave it at that. What are some thoughts on the ways we, I I guess the ways we can respond or the way, the the kinds of responses we see and like how we feel about what the different crowds do in response to Jesus? Because that's basically the whole chapter is like, he's putting himself out there. And then there's this human response. Some good, some bad. I think something that I was thinking about recently, actually very recently, because last night in our youth group that I help with, we were studying this same passage, and the context was, um, is Christianity the true religion? Why is Christianity um, a more true religion than all the other religions, or is it just one of of many? And the the words that Jesus uses time and time again, just thinking about this section when he says, I am the bread of life, I'm the only way. Um, When I think of this passage, 
I think of the word exclusive, the claims he makes throughout here and other places. Um, there's no gray area. Jesus is pretty exclusive. He says, this is the only way. Um, and then I think another way he uses the word exclusive is um, when he talks about no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them to me. So there, there's another exclusivity um, that I think he's talking about not everybody can come only only if the father draws them to me. And um, being exclusive is not a popular place to be. <laughs> right. And I think so that certainly riles up people back yeah. then and and today. Not much has changed, I would say. But yes. that's the word that comes to mind. Yes. Um, I, uh, I wanted to get up a different version to read one of these verses um, about that question about God and, and who's coming to him and stuff because I, I liked how Hope's version said it. But before I get back to that, um, your first point, Mike, about how uh, Jesus is the only way and he doesn't leave any wiggle room for that. A couple things I think about that is, so that that's a, that is still an offensive truth. And I wonder, and I don't think it can be anything, but I think it's always going to be a kind of uh, pushback thing because people are, that that's tough. But I wonder if sometimes there's a part of it that's needlessly offensive. What I mean is, I wonder if when we say there's only one way, the way is Jesus, if what some people hear us saying is, our way is the only way, my church's way is the only way, or my theology's way is the only way. Whereas what Jesus is saying is, this is Jesus speaking here, I'm paraphrasing, I, the person, Jesus, am the only way. Hmm. And he's going to be bigger than what one church will put in their maybe mission statement or whichever. He's going to be bigger than what my own personal convictions are. And if I narrow that down and tell you Jesus is the only way, but what I really mean is my way of following Jesus is the only way, then I'm burning a bridge I don't need to burn. Yeah, It's still an exclusive claim, but it's an exclusive claim that I can't imagine I'm the only one getting it right. Jesus, the person, the the person who is God, that is Jesus, he's the only way. Yeah. And that's a course correction for all of us. I think it's very interesting because, no, I'm not, I, I don't claim to know everything about all of the other religions in the world. But as far as I'm aware, Christianity is one of the, if not the only religion where we all say we're Christians, but some people are Baptist and some people are non-denominational and some people are Pentecostal and some people, <laughs> like, there, it, we, even within our own religion, we're so divided. Many, so many different, yeah. And it's not that one or the other is better, but why are we divided when we all believe at our base that no one can come to the Father except for Jesus. And that seems pretty straightforward to me. So I'm like, when and where do all of those little things and and sects and, and different divisions have happened even within what we created? And I think it's because Christianity is so exclusive mm. that we almost in our humanness kind of wanted to find our own <laughs> way to make it ours. Mm. 
and we wanted to find some wiggle room because things that are in the Bible and that God commanded us to do are hard. Yeah, they are hard. <laughs> they're hard all along. They're they're hard here for people to hear. They even say it. They're like, this is a hard saying. Who can even l- hear this guy say these I'm, things? I, it makes me so happy when the disciples say, God, this is a hard teaching. <laughs> I'm like, Thank wow, <laughs> I feel seen and heard. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like I understand how that feels. That is tough. And it it's that's why I like getting past the boundaries, the sometimes artificial boundaries of denomination and such among the Christian family, because I really feel like if you're up on a stage debating as a X type of Christian versus a Y type of Christian, then it's going to be, well, it's going to be messy. But if you are sitting down to dinner in the home of a Christian who belongs to a denomination other than you, chances are you'll end the night being like, wow, we both love Jesus. This is really cool. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The people part. Yeah. It's, um, and I'm not saying denominations exist for no reason and that there's never a point to that. Like, I, I, I things are complicated, right? Yeah, yeah it's complicated. Um, but the division is there and it's real too. And it's when you get down on that personal level, I find a lot of the time, so often you're like, wow, yeah, we both love the person, Jesus. Okay, we have <laughs> that in common. What's your version, Hope? What version do you have there with you today? Do you know which one that is? I believe it's the NIV. Okay, that's handy because I I pulled up an NIV here to see how it says verse 50. But here is the bread that comes here. This is Jesus. He's the bread. Here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. ESV, Mike and I read from, says uh, this is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I mean, okay, basically same thing. Hmm, there's um, a difference though. No, but is there a, a difference? That's a big difference. Yeah, kind of like, and, and I'm not a Bible translator and definitely not here trying to confuse you on saying, oh, great, do I have the wrong Bible translation? <laughs> you must go get <laughs> <No>. the NIV. <laughs> Look, can I just repeat something real quick that somebody said, and I think it's awesome. What's the, the question being asked? What's the right Bible translation? Answer, the one that you're going to read. Yep. <laughs> Whichever one gets you to read the Bible, that's the right one. At least for now, that's the right one. So I love that answer. Not, that's mm. not original to me. Um, on the question of translation, though, that can I say that the verse hits different if mm-hmm. I say, which anyone may eat and not die? Um, yeah. We're probably going to talk about this, aren't we? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's This is a passage... Where, Mike, you already touched on it a little bit, that um, I feel like it's it, it really pushes on a really tough question, which is, how do you come to know God in the first place? Um, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to talk ad nauseum on this here, but like, what are some of the things you're seeing and feeling from it? Because I feel like there could be still be different ways of taking this a passage like this one. Well, and I think I I actually brought it up before we even started the episode because in 65 it says this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the father has enabled them. Mm-hmm. But if we're looking back at 50 which says but here's the bread that comes down from heaven which anyone may eat and not die. So I feel like that's actually a direct um call back to 50 and saying 
my father has enabled anyone to come and be part of my mm. kingdom because I made you and I love you. And I, from everything I've learned about God in my 23 years on this earth is that he doesn't want to see any of his children in harm, in danger. He doesn't want them to not live in eternity with him, mm. even though it does happen, but he tries to give every opportunity for, he is right there. Mm-hmm. I, I, it was, I was in church the other day and our pastor was talking about how like when, you know, we talk so much about people walking away from God and things like that. And it's, it's not even a walking away as much as it's a turning around. Mm-hmm. And if they just mm-hmm. turned their body 180 degrees, God would be mm-hmm. standing behind them mm-hmm. with arms wide open. It, it's not a distance. It's not a chasm that they have to overcome to get back to God. It's just a shifting in their heart and their mind, and God will be right there for them. Yeah. But then I also go, but God, if I know you want to be chosen, but there's these people who need you so bad. And I don't, that's something that I just struggle with, I think, sometimes where I, I – and I guess it's 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 like being a parent. What I assume being a parent is like where you you just have to let your children do things sometimes and mm. you can't rescue them. Mm. But he wow. is the rescuer and it, it's such yeah. a it's so that's such an interesting part of our faith that I I I I guess I'm just expressing it because I'm sure somebody listening right now has felt those things. Yeah. And I want them to know that they're not alone because it's yeah. something I think about a lot. Mm. I think sometimes it's harder to read something like this in scripture and try to make sense of it in our human brains. Yes. Versus just looking at the world and seeing things like this work themselves out on a daily basis. I think for myself, I'm not constantly looking at people thinking, ooh, is this person chosen by God? Is this person cho-? like I'm I'm trying to do what God commands me to do, which is love people and and tell them about him. And I'm not gonna say, well I've been praying for them for five months, but nothing's changed, so must be they're not um they're they're not in the club. So <laughs> there we go. Right, right, yeah, right, right. Um, right. I something that I think has helped me sort of figure this out is realizing that I can't because I'm not God. Yes. I, and I, I think of how how God's God's um vastness and his his infinity makes math work differently than in my in my mind. And I think of like is is Jesus fully God? Yes. Is he fully human? Yes. Well Complete is a hundred percent, but he's not fifty percent and fifty percent. Nope. He's a hundred and a hundred, which yep. is two hundred, which doesn't <laughs> add up for us. It's and amazing. Yeah, I think it's the same thing. Like, is there free will? Yeah, I think there's free will. Is God completely sovereign? Yeah. How can both be true at the right, same time? Right. It it just is, and I'm never going to completely understand it here on Earth. And I, I think back, I think we did a podcast about um, God hardening Pharaoh's heart. And I was just thinking oh, about that's that. That's another, yeah. is, I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And if I just 
only think rationally about it. I'm never going to come up with an answer that satisfies me. But if I start with who I know God is, and then I read the passage, then then there's a, a way of understanding where I'm not just reading the words and God seems like this heartless, cold being who is destroying this man who has no say in the matter. God is somehow working through that, and, and Pharaoh is somehow also um, doing his thing, and, and the two work together somehow, and I don't know how, but I think that's the same thing. God's no, not a bad yeah. guy who's going to say, nope, you can't be one of my children because I didn't pick you. And also, God is completely sovereign. Yeah. It's incredible. It's It, it, it gives me so much comfort just knowing that God is God. And yes. like, I, I've, I struggled when I was a like late teen, young adult, when I was in college, kind of sort of trying to make my faith my own for the first time in my life. And I struggled with that of like, yeah, especially being in an academic environment where you're supposed to be critically thinking all the time hmm. and learning about all of these people who are, are almost too smart <laughs> like really just these people that are too, too smart much time. they're too smart yeah. for their own good mm-hmm. because it's it's the it's even the 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 time that we live in right now where we are in an information age that is destroying people because wow. we know too much mm. and when i had that realization and then i was like to know that i serve a god that has everything in control mm. and i don't have to wow mm. And I just like, I, and it, it kind of broke me a little bit in like the best way possible because it just, it made my faith childlike again. And it mm. renewed that part of me that was like, nope, I just have to have faith in God because his ways are higher than I, my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. He's got me. Wow. The person that God is. When we can't understand the ideas about God, narrow it down by looking at the person he's shown himself to be. Uh, Both of you just said something that touched on that. And first of all, Mike, you used the word both. And I think that's so important (laughs) to realize like the mystery that of faith is sometimes we really are often called to accept bothes that are difficult, both fully man and fully God, um, both totally sovereign and also also at the same time totally respecting of the free will he gave you. Um, if we didn't have free will, why would we have a Bible that teaches us about a God we need to choose what we're going to do with? <laughs> and at the same time, what is the Bible, that very same Bible, what is it other than a story about how he is so in control of everything? Both. Very important word here. Um, And then the person part. Man, that's so good. That's so good because when I feel like I'm getting caught up in, is it this or is it this idea? Is it this philosophy that governs our relationship with God or is it this philosophy? No, like come back to who he shows himself to be. What's his heart? What's on display when he's talking to people? He's pleading with them. And he's saying, and yet there's a hard truth here too. He's saying, I wish you would choose me, and yet I know. Um, so that's just good. 
that's just really good. I'm really glad we can we can come into into to to coming back to that. That's so good. Yeah, yeah. He 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 makes us accept these hard things. Um, this is a hard teaching. It is. We accept it. Yeah. Okay, but that's the thing. There are three different kinds of responses, or maybe if there's three, maybe there's only two. The Jews in verse 52 mm-hmm. dispute among themselves, it says, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? They're basically dismissing it. This doesn't make any sense. What are you talking about, Jesus? What is this? <laughs> you crazy. Verse 60, the disciples, some of them say, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? And some of them turn away, it even says. Like some of them were following up to this point and they're like, this like, just got. That was, that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> I can no longer. <laughs> Can't do it. Can't do it with him anymore. Yeah. Some of them said that. And then there's Peter. <laughs> Good old Peter. Verse 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? He just said to them, like, are you guys going to leave too? To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. That That's where Peter comes down. Yeah. I love that. Don't hmm. we just love how human Peter mm-hmm. is? I, I do. Mm. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was, I was like, oh, Peter. Peter, Peter, Peter. <laughs> He's like him and Thomas are like, ugh, nobody wants to be Peter or Thomas. And now I'm an adult. I'm like, thank goodness for Peter and yeah. Thomas because I feel validated now. <laughs> I, I, somebody way back when, when Jesus was standing next to them, had these doubts and these thoughts and these feelings. And then I'm like, oh, thank goodness. This is why they're in the Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness for Peter. He is each one of us. I love his response. I think it's so beautiful, and I hope that that's my response. I, I, I love Peter's answer. Again, just thinking about the context of hearing all these hard things, these things that don't make sense, and Jesus says, these things don't make sense to you. Are you going to leave me? And he very realistically says, where else can I go? There is nowhere else to go which tied into our, our youth group lesson last night. Like that's, that's part of why Christianity is so special. I can't just choose to not be Christian anymore and become Hindu and it'll get me the same place, but in a nicer way or, or, or whatever. But I, I, I'm trying to think, what's the application as I read the Bible? And if, if Peter heard all these hard things and had all these questions and these things that didn't make sense and he just said, where else, to whom else should I go? You are, you are the, the only way. That makes me think, well, when I'm walking through things that don't make sense to me and I'm questioning God and I'm saying, God, this is really difficult for me to understand this season or this thing or this question in my mind. I hope that my answer is, I can't walk away from you because there's nowhere else to go. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's so good. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like when you know something, you can't just unknow it Mm. if you know it's a fact, if you know it's true. Like, Mm. if I know I have a flat tire, I can't just like keep driving and be like, I don't really have a flat tire. <laughs> I'm going to will it away. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Tug, 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 tug. It you know? doesn't work. I've tried it's it. It's like just like imagining something different isn't going to change reality. And for Peter, it's almost like he's saying, 
Jesus, we're in too deep now. <laughs> We've seen too much now. Like the veil was pulled back. We we see this world for what it is. We see ourselves for who we are. We see you, Jesus, for who you are. Like we're in too deep now. There's no going back. We can't forget the things we've seen. What else are we going to do? We might not like it all the time. It might not always be easy, but <laughs> I I love that because he's to go back to our conversation about choice and stuff. It's almost like Peter saying, Jesus, I don't have a choice <laughs> now. Like, okay, you could say I technically do, but like with what I know now, yeah, I, there's no choice. It's not going to be easy, but I, what else am I going to do? Yeah. Thank you for joining us for If That Makes Sense, the family life podcast about what life is really like as a young adult following Jesus. If you enjoy the show, please send it to a friend. Your genuine appreciation of the show is the best way for word to get out. And it would make our day if you left us a rating and a review wherever you found this episode. Family Life has more great original podcasts that you can check out at familylife.org slash podcast. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you along for the next one.